You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Bemba. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Bemba here with Howard Bender. Welcome into the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast and live stream for Week 10 of the NFL season. Uh, Howard, Week 9 wasn't too bad. Obviously, we got struck down a little bit with the injury bug there. Aaron Jones uh, taking out a lot of lineups. But uh, for the most part, we had a lot of the chalk plays. Uh, that helped us out if you use a draft percentage forecaster tool that we have over at Fantasy Alarm. We had Joe Mixon as the third highest projected running back in terms of roster ship. If you pay attention to that, if you played the chalk, Joe Mixon had that monster week uh, for everybody who had him in their stack. So uh, all in all, not the worst if you can just kind of ignore the uh, the upsetting injury issues that happened. Yeah, the upsetting injury issues are always a, a big deal. At losing Aaron Jones was uh, was was huge. Obviously, when you get a guy like that, um, who goes down, it's uh, it's problematic. Now, if he's 80% owned, then who gives a crap? But if he's, you know, 30% owned or 25% owned, it's a, it's a little different. Now, I was sitting there, I was looking at everything last week. And yeah, you know, listen, if you go to the watch list over at Fantasy Alarm, uh, you can see what, you know, the, the top lineup would have been had you just used players from the playbook and the dartboard and you know, some, some really good numbers there, but, you know, I think if you, if you read through it, the lesson learned is about having as much chalk as you did. Now I didn't have Joe Mixon in the playbook and I actually uh, omitted Devonte Adams, who I was about to, you know, as I was getting ready to use in my, uh, in my, uh, one of my example lineups uh, for everybody, but uh, you know, he barely, you know, it was just it was a matter of pricing and, and whether or not to give him the boot and to include Tyreek Hill, which is obviously the decision that I made. And it was, you know, obviously a solid decision. But one of the think the, the big lessons to learn is when you're building your cash lineups, you can't have too much chalk. Right. Like that's that's one of the things. And, and I had too much chalk in my example lineups last week. And that was something that I wanted to address with everybody this week so that they they understood like where the error was. I mean, if you've got everybody in your lineup is 35 to 40% owned or, or greater, you're not going to be able to withstand certain things like Aaron Jones going down with an injury because you're not moving. You're not separating yourself in any sort of way. You want to take a free square like Deion Jackson. That was a free square. So whether he performs or not, is irrelevant because 80% of the field has him. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about not having, um, or if you're having like, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown in there and, and Aaron Jones and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, super chalky guys who were probably like 40% owned or greater then you're not gaining anything. If they go off, you're not really moving up that right. much because you're moving up with that same percentage of the field and that's keeping you down. So while yes, it's good to take some of those free squares, like we'll, and we'll see a couple this week, obviously, but you take those, you put those into your cash lineup. You still have to find different ways. All my lineups that had Christian Kirk and Curtis Samuel they all cashed. Right. They were great. But if I had Amon Ross St. Brown or I can't even remember any of the other other names, it's like, you know, it seems so far away. It was far away. <laughs> but, you know, so you know what I'm saying here, right? As far as like just line of construction becomes very, very important. You can have all the great plays 
in the playbook, but if you're making a mistake like I made last week, putting those lineups together as examples, well, then that's problematic. So I, I addressed it in the watch list and, and we move on from it. We learn each week. We, there's something else that we're learning uh, to make us better DFS players. So good, not great week nine, really good week 10 coming up. Right. Right. And, and we had, uh, again, and that was, uh, the, again, the, the whole point of, of what we put out there, right, is, you know, not to rely on just one source of information. We have content that goes out all week, all of the coaches, all of the, um, you know, all of the, the watch list, the playbook, the example lineups, you know, you name it, it's all out. Yeah, it's all out there for you to sort of formulate your own puzzle, right? Like we're just giving you different pieces. You use the information, use the uh, the lineup generator, the draft percentage forecast, or again, like would have gotten you potentially to mix in if you were looking to see who the higher priced running backs were, um, you know, or higher uh, rostered running backs were. So, uh, you know, put everything together, use all the tools we have, use our Discord and ask those questions out there and, uh, you know, try not to rely uh, solely on one piece of the puzzle because there's a lot of great information that we put out there throughout the week. So uh, let's jump into it. We always start at the quarterback position here. Uh, and the biggest story of the week is, does Josh Allen play or not? And even if Josh Allen plays, do you even want to have any exposure to him? He's got a, an injured elbow, throwing elbow, uh, you know, and we've seen, you know, Stafford dealing with an elbow issue and how bad he looks throwing the football. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger when he had his elbow issue, the problems he had throwing the football uh, you know, they're going day-to-day -day is the most recent update with Josh Allen here. Uh, he's home. He's against Minnesota. I don't think I'm playing Josh Allen if he's active. I, I just worry a lot about that elbow there. Yeah, I don't – I actually – I don't think he plays this week. I think he's out. You know, and, and, and let's lump it together with Matthew Stafford, who landed on concussion protocol right. on Tuesday uh, and, and is – you know, and he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday and – here you and I are recording this on Friday. It doesn't sound like Stafford's going to be right. uh, available either. So, you know, not having Josh Allen, troublesome. Not having Matthew Stafford, less troublesome. However, the spill-off to Cooper Cup, to Stefan Diggs, to Gabriel Davis, what happens with the running games uh, on those teams right there, it becomes a, a lot more complex of an issue to the point now where the question is, do you fade Cooper Cup? Do you fade Stefan Diggs? Where are you at with those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, I you know, I wrote it up uh, or, or discussed it rather in our Discord. I uh, put it out there on Twitter as well. You know, if Allen is out, it certainly shifts, you know, how we view the Bills offense there. It could be a week that Devin Singletary gets 15, 20 carries because they're not going to be looking at Case Keenum to throw the ball 40 times downfield. So... Um, it could be a better week for Dawson Knox because Case Keenum is looking to throw more intermediate routes. He's not taking that shot downfield to Diggs or to Gabe Davis. So, um, yeah, I, th I think it's going to be interesting how they play, how those offenses play. I wasn't really touching the Rams anyways. I'm, I don't even think I'm going to touch any of the running game, even if there was, even if there's <laughs> oh, no running Stafford. Game's like, terrible. There's nobody, nobody with the Rams that I even wanted to, to, you know, think about playing there. Maybe it would make the Arizona defense slightly more appealing. I wasn't really in on them initially because they're not really a great defense. Um, the Vikings at $2,200 if there's no Josh Allen. They'll probably be a pretty popular defensive option this week uh, when it comes to, you know, when we get to the defensive matchups that we're going to talk about. Um, because I do think that there are some spend-up spots here. Um, notably, Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, we, we've talked, you and I have shared, or I have at least shared a couple of different lineup builds with you uh, already that have included stacks of this Jacksonville-Kansas City game. Uh, it's got an over 50 total. Kansas City's a nine and a half point home favorite, so maybe that will scare some people away. Um, very stackable game here. If you take it from the Jacksonville side using Trevor Lawrence, you can really fit whoever you want in this game in your lineup. Uh, the Mahomes-Kelsey stack, obviously a bit more expensive uh, to go about that route. And now that Miko Hardman is questionable, I don't know if you've seen an update on his uh, work uh, practice status or not, but you know he's a pretty cheap throw into that stack. So there could be some different options uh, to, to fit into those builds. But Mahomes at $7,900. And then you have that 6K range where I just feel like the majority of people are going to be looking to hammer with Tua and Fields sort of leading the way there. Tua against Cleveland, Fields home against Detroit. I mean, you want to talk chalk quarterback, I mean, Fields has to be that guy this week, right? But yeah, I think Fields and two are definitely going to be the chalky quarterbacks. I think I think Mahomes is going to be a pretty chalky guy as well, uh, just in the sense of, you know, when you're looking at it, if there's no Josh Allen, right, where, where are you looking for your safety? I think, uh, you know, even regardless of a stack, I think a naked Patrick Mahomes really steps up because – you really don't have, you know, we're, we're so used to, you know, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and, and you know, take your pick of any other high-end top QB that's out there usually, and, and suddenly you're, you're taking these guys off the board, which makes Mahomes stand out even more, right? There's no Jalen Hurts on the, uh, no uh, Herbert, on, no on the slate here. Yep. So... You know, there's no Justin Herbert. Oh, you know, there is Justin Herbert. No, he's on the, he's oh, no, on the Sunday he's Night Football game. Yeah, he's the so, you know, so so when that happens, it does make these guys stand out. I got to ask you this, though. And I'll just I'll, – I'll read to you in, in my write-up over at, at PicksWise.com because I did some research as I was looking into the over-under of, uh, of, of this. Just check out this first paragraph. Tell me what you think about this. Because the over-under is 51 right now. It was 50.5 when I wrote this up. All right. It's the highest game total on the slate. And the Chiefs have played in five games this season where their total has gone over that mark. Mahomes has led his team to score more than 40 points three times this season. However, none of those have been at home. Arrowhead Stadium hasn't really been the safe place a home team prefers. And the under is 51-37-1 in games played in Kansas City during the Andy Reid era. In fact, in games where the Chiefs are favored by seven points or more, the under is 28-13-1. Now, granted, if the game total ends up at 50, or the game total ends up at 48 or 49, right. you know, we're good, we're great there. But all of a sudden now, if you look at the scores of the games that have gone on at Arrowhead Stadium, they don't really seem to be games that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm into stacking this. They've been a lot of like 20 to 17 kind of a, a of a feel to it. Yeah, what's what's but you as you, to your point, right? The naked Mahomes play kind of works. I mean, 20 to 17 against Tennessee, and he had 38 fantasy points. 
2024 against Buffalo, he had 25 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Raiders game was 30 to 29. That one hit over. He had 30 fantasy points in that game. Uh, and then yeah, 27 24 first game against the Chargers. Uh, he only had 17 in that game. Did have two scores, but only 230 yards passing. So yeah, we listen. We 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 were we've been conditioned to play stacks in DFS because for the longest time, obviously that has been a winning formula. Uh, and last week, I guess technically the Fields Comet stack was the one you wanted to kind of take down your GPP. But also, plenty of people won playing the Naked Fields. You and I, or I at least, had a Naked Fields lineup that cashed uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, he was I more did than too. capable of being, uh, you know, his individual scorer. Now I was touting Mooney pretty heavily there. I had him in a lineup. I wish I had him in the, as many lineups as I was initially <laughs> sending you to him. Uh, that was the. Can I just say that that was probably one of the sadder moments of Sunday yeah. when when Mooney was like balling and I like hit you up when he hit scored the TD and you immediately were like, yeah, I I only have him in four lines. Yeah, I pulled him out of like a lot, <laughs> dude. It was a it was a frustrating day for me where it was too it was twofold because I I, I always preach like you'd never want to go 100 percent on somebody because if the guy goes down. And I was talking with James Grande and him and I, you know, we go back and forth just like you and I do during on Sundays. We're talking about, you know, lineup construction with our with the content that we have out, updating news. And we do the live stream together on Sunday mornings. Uh, and so we're just kind of discussing it. I was like, yeah, you know, like I have 100 percent Travis ATN. And he's like, well, what if ATN gets hurt? Then all of your lineups are bust. I'm like, that is true. That's why I always say, like, never go 100 percent. So I started limiting shares of some of the guys that I had down to off of 100% because, again, I don't want to put myself in a situation where if you had 100% Aaron Jones, you lose, right? So uh, right. it worked twofold because I had 100% Evan Ingram, played horribly, pivoted to James Mitchell, the tight end for the Lions at mint price. He actually caught a touchdown pass. So that pivot worked out. Pivot of off of my 100% tra- uh, Travis ATN, added more Aaron Jones shares. Didn't work out. Aaron Jones gets hurt. The ATN lineup still did well. I had a lot of Darnell Mooney. Pivoted off of some of those Darnell Mooney shares to Khalif Raymond. Didn't work out. Also pivoted some of those to Terrence Marshall. Did work out. So, like, you know, the the, the pivot game is certainly a, a, a fickle one, we'll say, right? Like, you never... Sometimes the guys you have conviction in, you get you get worried a bit. And not having 100% is clearly the smart play. This past weekend, I would have still sunk with the Evan Ingram if I didn't make the pivots, but... Uh, yes, when you were like, when Mooney scored, I'm kicking myself. I'm like, I had him in every lineup at 4,700 and I made some moves and he was only in like 50% of my lineups, uh, disappointing. But, you know, again, that's for another week. We're talking quarterbacks here. Uh, you can stack, obviously, again, you can play the naked Tua against Detroit, mm-hmm. but he's very appealing, obviously putting him in a lineup with some of his receivers. I'm expecting Chase Claypool to play more snaps this week. Uh, if you read Kevin Tompkins' uh, snap count article or targets report article that he puts out uh, on Thursdays, a great report that he put out there, uh, he he discussed sort of the limited snap share that Claypool played in his debut, which made sense. It was his debut. But he had a 38% target share on routes run, which means basically when he was running a route, Fields was looking to him. Now, he only got two of those passes. He had six targets, though. If, if this week Claypool plays a 90% snap share and 85% snap share... He could lead that team in targets, and he's a pretty explosive player in a great matchup against Detroit. I still like Darnell Mooney. Love that Cole Komet now, back-to-back weeks with touchdowns for him. 
Fields in this offense is kind of evolving. I know people still kind of crapped on him because he only threw for like 170 yards. But again, you're not relying on him to throw it 35 times. You just want him to be a competent enough passer to build up on his running ability. So um, love this spot for Fields. Love the spot for stacking him. And then two is just the two a spot, right? You get two unbelievably great wide receivers. You set, you put him in your lineup with Hill or Waddle, uh, and it's almost been foolproof to this point in the year um, so far. Yeah, I mean it's really it's it's been unbelievable. And you look at at you know the the quality that you've gotten out of both Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, <clears throat> and it's been unbelievable. You know, I mean. Tyreek Hill, I, I would attest that he is one of maybe, I don't know, three, four guys in the NFL right now who are not touchdown dependent, if we want to throw that cliche term out there, sure. uh, because he is. He's, he's heavily targeted. He's catching a ton of passes, and whether or not he gets into the end zone or not is is almost irrelevant because he's still putting out you know 10 catches for over 100 yards. So you're getting those DFS bonuses uh, from him there. So naked Pat Mahomes or, or pairing him with Travis Kelsey, it'll make your lineups difficult for sure. Um, Justin Fields. I do. I, I like, I like that a lot. I think a lot of people are going to utilize him in cash. I'm actually looking at our, um, at our ownership projections right now, which got an update, uh, on Thursday in the, uh, in the, in the mid morning. And they are the top three quarterbacks right there. Mahomes yeah. Fields, uh, and Tua. Yep. So we expect to see heavy ownership on all three of them. I think the real question is, is, you know, are we also sticking with these guys as our GPP quarterbacks because of the incredible upside for all three of them? I mean, let's not, you know, take that away. Yeah. Um, or is there, is there lower that, that you're kind of leaning towards? Uh, I hate like 90% of the value this week at the quarterback position. <laughs> I do the quarterback coach. <laughs> Uh, and it's been increasingly difficult of late to really hone in on some value quarterbacks. Uh, mm -hmm. But a couple that I did kind of throw out there to people, um, obviously, if you want to go opposite of, of Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence is $5,400. Uh, we've seen him have productive weeks. He gave us back-to-back 20-plus -back fantasy points. I think it was in weeks uh, six and seven, was it? Uh, yeah, six and seven. He gave us 24-9 and 21-7. And then last week, 17.7 fantasy points. Not awful. Um, you know, for his price point at 52, you're getting him at 54 in a, in a matchup where we're expecting him to have to throw. Um, Jacoby Brissett is one that I know a lot of people are going to cringe at the idea of using. Um, because fantasy-wise, he really hasn't been great, right? He did, he, he's only topped 20 fantasy points once this year. Uh, he's only top 15 three times. He gave you back-to-back -back 11 fantasy games against New England and Baltimore. Very low floor. Well, I'll admit that. that there's a there's a very low floor for Jacoby Brissett. But we did see him go for 21 fantasy points against Cincinnati. He threw for 278 yards and a score. He did run for a touchdown. And this is a game against Miami where we know the Miami Dolphins put up points. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to be able to run – Nick Chubb in a game if they're behind as much as they want to run Nick Chubb. Now, they're not going to abandon Nick Chubb here. They're certainly going to run the football against the Miami Dolphins. But if they go down 14, if they go down 17, they're going to have to start throwing. And this is a, a Dolphins defense that you can throw. Justin Fields just threw three touchdowns against his defense, right? Like, 
They're, they're, they're a team that's very leaky. Amari Cooper has been really good this year. Donovan Peoples-Jones, my baby. He's been out here performing, playing really well uh, at under $5,000. And they might get David Njoku back this week. So if you add in those three pass catchers for Jacoby Brissett and maybe a game environment where they're on the road, but they're off of a bye, which I like, I think that there's some maybe some contrarian GPP-ness there uh, against Miami. GPP-ness? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> Don't sound it out. Don't sound it out slowly. Just say it. Don't just say it. Yeah. Can we hashtag that, please? Yeah. GPP penis. Yeah. GPP penis. Yeah. Um, uh, Listen, um, I put Jacoby Brissett into the watch list this week for virtually the exact same argument that you just made uh, right there. Miami ranks seventh in DVOA against the run. They rank thirty-first in DVOA against the pass. I agree with you. We'll see Nick Chubb early on, but. The moment that that Tua starts hitting Waddle and Tyreek on the regular and can actually jump up. Now, I mean, Cleveland's getting a couple of guys back from their secondary that they haven't had over the last few weeks, but none of them. I don't care if it's Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom, whoever, none of them are keeping pace with with Tyreek and, and, uh, and Waddle. So uh, I'm with you on that with the Jacoby Brissett. I actually just wrote my article for uh, for the New York Post for this weekend, which talks about it's time to grab all of those Cleveland pass catchers. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's it's this week because of the matchup with Miami. And then it's and then it's the weeks afterwards. Yes, they've got Buffalo and Tampa Bay for the next two weeks. Another one of those matchups are great. But beyond that, it's like, boom, week 13, they get Deshaun Watson back. They take on Houston, and then they've got, you know, a couple of uh, tomato can defenses uh, over the next couple of weeks. I love that that DPJ is your baby. Um, I'm a big, big fan of uh, of what he's been bringing to the table. You pointed out to me when Najoku went out, DPJ started getting more of those targets. Now, Najoku did not practice on Thursday. It does not sound good for him for this okay. week's game. So Harrison Bryant and Pharaoh Brown uh, possibly become options. Neither one of them did anything last week, which was incredibly disappointing. But, you know, if you're locking down uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, could possibly even dig a little deeper for David Bell. He hasn't been getting the the targets, but we also haven't seen a a situation where Jacoby Brissett is being forced into throwing it more often. So, yeah. I like it, dude. I, I mean, if I'm looking at the, uh, you know, you're over on DraftKings. I'm looking at FanDuel right now, and I'm bypassing Murray, Jones, Prescott, Cousins, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and then all of a sudden, then it's Brissett and it's Trevor Lawrence, yep. and then there's nothing. I'll give else you, there. I'll give you even, the grime. Don't even mention another name. I don't know who you would possibly. I'm giving want. you the grime. Here it is, Russell Wilson. Uh, so I, I put him in the quarterback coach, but like mm-hmm. very reluctantly. I, I, I called this the, the last straw, basically, right? Like this is this is his last opportunity for me. They're off of a bye. But here's the thing, like how much of last week's performance by Tennessee's defense was real? Because they shut down the Kansas City Chiefs for the majority of that game. I understand what numbers we saw out of Patrick Mahomes, but... I don't think we're going to get that volume level out of Russell Wilson here. And they're on the road. 
Like, if Tennessee's defense, for whatever reason, has clicked all of a sudden, I I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know what to expect out of Russell Wilson. It, it terrifies me. He has the weapons, <laughs> right? Judy's been, been fine lately. Dolchek has been good in the three games that he's played. Mm-hmm. Sutton has sucked. Sutton has not been doing anything the last couple of weeks. I, I just... Again, you want to go contrarian, like for sure. I don't think anybody's playing Russell Wilson this week. Um, you know, this is this is the last time I'm willing to let's ride. I think with uh, with Wilson here. Um, I, did you see the the audiogram up on uh, on on Twitter from SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from my conversation with Jim Bowden about Russell Wilson? And I and I threw it out there. I said, listen, here's and this you know this I I was skewing it more towards the seasonal aspect. And I said, go look at your waiver wire right now. If you have Josh Allen, if you have Matthew Stafford, you've been relying on those guys. Or, you know, for, for, for the same token, if you've gone, you know, if, if you're dealing with a, with a bye week issue this week and you don't have Joe Burrow uh, or, or Lamar Jackson, then if you look at your waiver wire, look at the trash, just hot garbage sitting out there you're yeah. sifting between marcus mariota who you know threw two touchdowns yesterday but still looked like absolute shit um you're looking at maybe is it ryan Tannehill or is it malik willis one of those maybe they're sitting on your waiver wire i said Brissett is definitely a guy who i'd be interested in yep but davis mills no andy dalton no am i even am i am i locking in on on you know kenny pickett Probably not. Sam Ellinger, ew. Aaron Rodgers, grotesque. So with all of that, Russell Wilson in this matchup here against Tennessee is probably the best of the garbage sitting out on your waiver wire. And that was just, that was the only point I was making about him. So that, yeah, you know what? If you're sitting there and you're playing DFS and you're a multi-lineup person for GPP, like if if you're popping out, you know, 10, 15 lineups, it doesn't hurt to throw that dart at Russell Wilson, I think. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. It's gross, For mul- though, I multi, know. Multi-entry lineups, he makes sense because he does have the receivers, but it's ugly. I'm curious to see what Chase Edmonds does in this offense, if they involve him or not. Again, their running mm-hmm. back group has been pretty bad. Uh, Edmonds, we know, is a pass-catching back. I, I, I wondered if they are going to utilize him much in the way he was used last year. I've said this now about Edmonds all season. I'm like, oh, like I could see him being this guy that gets the early down work, and then they get in red zone and short yardage, they bring in the bigger back. Well, they have Murray and Gordon. Maybe those guys can play the James Conner role, and they can put Edmonds back where he thrived last year, playing those early down because he can catch the football, he can run the draw plays and whatnot, and maybe help out that offense a bit. But he can't pass block, and that's one of the reasons that he gets uh, he gets hit there. So uh, that's where I'm at at the quarterback position. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's over under is two twenty five and a half passing. Take the over on that. He's been going over that. Like almost every week. So if you're if you're out there looking at props, uh, that's a pretty good over for me. Uh, running backs. Uh, anybody against Houston has been the top running back the last couple of weeks. Houston was on a bye last week, so didn't have to deal with it. But Derrick Henry ran for over 200 yards. Josh Jacobs ran for like 160. Uh, it's Saquon's turn. And you're getting him at $8,600 this week. Uh, expensive, but worth the price. Because he's just going to destroy Houston at home off of a bye. I mean... Good good luck to the Texans stopping Saquon Barkley this week. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one there. You know, Barkley's on the cover of the watch list. There's no, yeah, there's, there's really, there's no rhyme or reason why you wouldn't want to get involved with him unless the only thing is that you can't afford it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to have to, there's, there's a lot of great plays on the on the slate this week. You want to talk about Mahomes. You want to talk about uh, Barkley. We brought up Tyreek Hill already. Yeah. Um, and you can talk Travis Kells. Like the top price guys are all in these great spots. We're gonna have to mine for some value here. So well, I think defense is where the value is gonna come in again this week. If Allen doesn't play, you're you have twenty two hundred dollars to play the Vikings. Everybody will play them. That's that's a free square against mm-hmm. Keenum. Even even if he, they don't play well, right? Keenum, I don't think is going to put the Vikings in a negative fantasy point day, right? So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to be saving money there. Uh, you know, and, and especially I mean, if you look at the weather DraftKings symbol, right? They're looking. It says rain. I don't know the full forecast for Buffalo on Sunday, but if it's also going to be just like a wet game, I mean, they're going to be looking to run even more and, and keep the score low. So uh, I think there's going to be value there. I think this is a week to go double tight ends. We'll get the tight ends when we get there. But um, there's some cheap tight ends. You can go double tight end with Kelsey this week um, and, and and save some money there. So, But I don't right. think fate, I don't think Barkley is your fade this week. I no, I don't think he's your yeah. fade this week either. And no. I would utilize him over Derrick Henry, yep. who's been – Popped, he cropped up on the injury report this, you know, this week, which never good, but I still think it's a great spot against uh, against Denver. Nick Chubb, it's a tougher matchup against Miami than than we would like. I I, I just um, I don't know if I can trust in Alvin Kamara. So yeah, if we're looking at the just the top priced guys who are on the slate right now, Barkley stands head and shoulders above the rest. I love Alvin Kamara this week. Um, Do you? Yeah, Pittsburgh's run defense. They're it's terrible. Um, right. teams can run on this, uh, on them. Uh, and of course, Kamara adds in his ability to, uh, catch the football as an added bonus. I know you're always, uh, worried there a bit about, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, cutting in and, and doing whatever Taysom Hill does. Here's my, my issue with Taysom Hill is like, uh, is Dwayne Washington like his personal catcher, right? Like we have in baseball. Cause whenever <laughs> Taysom Hill comes in, Alvin Kamara comes off the field and like Dwayne Washington's out there with, him, and I'm like, why wouldn't it make more sense to have a more dynamic running back out there with Taysom Hill to like actually make defenses worry a little bit about maybe Alvin Kamara getting the football and and whatnot so um but again Taysom hasn't really made that big of an impact in a couple of different weeks but uh, I like Kamara a lot at 74 Devin Cook is kind of interesting to me as a contrarian play Buffalo lately Michael Carter had a really good game against Buffalo last week and Aaron Jones ran for 140 yards against them the week before that and Buffalo's defense is missing some guys again this week. They just ruled out, ruled out Jordan Poyer. And I think they had another one or two players taken out of that defense as well. Um, I don't think many people look at Dalvin Cook this year because of the way that offense is being run. But mm-hmm. uh, it could be an interesting GPP play um, this week. Again, he's giving you 26 and 28 fantasy points in two of the last four. Um, just throwing it out there if you're really trying to be different. Ownership on Cook, I think, is going to be like 2%. So... Um, you know, if he hits, you know, and, and is different in this grouping, I, I think that's a, a pretty interesting spot. Um, ATN going back to that. Well, a lot of people will be in on it against, uh, against KC. They don't stop the run. I, I said it, I, you know, again, on the, um, 
on the Quick Out podcast that I did last night. At some point, they should start utilizing ATN in the passing game. Should have been against Las Vegas. They didn't use him. They didn't need him to. He ran for 100 yards and two scores. If they're trailing against Kansas City, though, I would th- hope they would throw to ATN a bit more uh, in this game because all they hyped him up during the offseason was his ability to catch the football, and they're just not using him in that, in that capacity quite yet. So, um, But 7100 is, is a pretty fair price tag for him there. So, uh, and Then, of course, if Jones doesn't play, I think Dylan is an interesting option. I know Dallas Ugh. is a tough defense, but Ugh. how gar how crabby did AJ Dylan look last week, yep. dude? I think the whole Fumbling offense the has looked bad, but Ugh. falling you know, down after getting hit after two yards. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was it was bad. It it's was not good. Bad. I agree with you, but I think that there's some GPP interest for me there. Um, if he is, if if Aaron Jones is out, I, I don't I don't hate it. Um, again, I don't think I think it'll be another just kind of low, low rostered option. Let me look at the price differentials on DraftKings versus because I'm looking at the numbers that you're talking about here. It's actually it's kind of, the the disparity is is pretty significant when you take a look at at certain things like um, Alvin Kamara on FanDuel is the fourth most expensive guy on the slate. He's uh, he's right behind. Nick Chubb. So playing him on DraftKings at 7,400 is definitely a lot more appealing than playing him on FanDuel uh, at 8,600. Yeah. And like you're looking down, like, you know, ETN at 7,100. Ooh, AJ Dillon at 6,700. Um, he's actually, he's a, he's a little bit better of a bargain on FanDuel. So one of the things that you guys definitely need to take into consideration here or some of the price differentials that, that we're looking at. Like you've got Jonathan Taylor here, two, three, four, five. He's the sixth most expensive guy uh, over there on FanDuel. He's like, he's below, he's at, he's at the same price as Tony Pollard. Yeah. And Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I wish, I wish Zeke would just not play so we could play Pollard, uh, but it looks like he may. So been limited in practice this week. Uh, I wish he would just not play. Give us, give us another Pollard week at 65 because uh, I, I like that a lot. I also think Jamal Williams is uh, the spot we should be looking at again this week here. Because um, oh, every, everybody's going to be off of him from last week. But they really shouldn't be because he had 24 carries for 81 yards. He gave you 10 fantasy yeah. points still with a two-point conversion. Uh, again, another prop play that I've been touting pretty heavily of late. Because DeAndre Swift has been active, they've been listing his running rushing props at like 48 and 45 yards. Not understanding that the Lions have zero interest in running the football with DeAndre Swift with his injured shoulder. They don't want him running into the line. They're going to utilize him in the passing game. Jamal Williams is getting all of the carries, as evidenced by the 24 carries that he got last week against Green Bay. Uh, And the way to attack the the Chicago defense, especially now that they've traded away their two defensive, best defensive linemen and a linebacker over the past week, should be through the ground. Um, Jamal Williams at 5,900 on DraftKings this week. I mean, that's a, that's a really nice price tag for him for a guy that has given you, so you get four games with two touchdowns this year. I mean, that's, that's GPP upside with like winning upside right there. Without a doubt, but play him on draft on FanDuel and he's 7,400. Right. You might as well just invest the extra hundred bucks in Dalvin cook at yeah, that potentially. point. I it's mean, crazy, yeah. man. It's it's just I'm just I'm just kind of looking at the comparison. No, for sure. You know, Jamal Williams priced down under six K 
that's that that's a big deal. That's a big big drop. Now, obviously, it's because of the PPR format. Yeah. That you're looking at there, but I mean, oh, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll take that, I'll take that value. It, it looks like scary enough. It looks like there's there's limited running back value at uh, on on Fanduel in comparison to the way the value is set here on uh, on on DraftKings. Um, a name that you skipped over, and I'm just kind of curious, uh, Damian Pierce. And the only reason, the yeah. only reason I'm asking this question, not because I want to use him against the Giants, the only reason I'm asking is because I'm looking at the uh, the ownership forecaster right now, and they have Damian Pierce at th- almost forty percent ownership, by far and away greater than anybody else, of any other player, and that's on uh, and that's on Fanduel. They've got that. Let me What's see. What's the Fanduel on, on, price? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's shitty. He's still, he's the highest, he's the, the, the projected highest owned running back on DraftKings as well at 6,300 on FanDuel. He's 7,700. Like, what uh, is it about Damian Pierce that that's popping right now for people that I don't know. I'm, a, a, am I missing something here? The usage maybe because he is their only offense. Um, it could be it. I mean, he ran for 134 yards in their last game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and he's shown some big playability too. It's not like he's just grinding it out. Like he has had some breakaway runs to get chunk yardage. Uh, I am not going to play Damian Pierce. <laughs> you know, again, if the, if the roster ship stays that high again, if I'm, you know, I, I usually will make a handful of lineups. I guess maybe I'll put him in one. One of my best lineups that that I had last week actually included Kenneth Walker because I wanted just some exposure sort of to that whole 6K range of running backs that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walker ended up having a really big game. It was one of my cashing lineups. It was in a Fields lineup, actually. Um, you know, so sure, maybe maybe Pierce. I think he's actually the same price that Walker was last week as well, the, like that low 6K range. Maybe he makes a final build for me just because of the roster ship and because he does have that potential to run for 120 or so yards. But on the road against a bye week Giants team, it doesn't really feel like a great spot for him. Um, especially when we talked about like Jamal Williams is at 59. I like that a lot more. Uh, but th- that 6K range, I mean, if if Elliott plays, like I don't really want to play Mostert with Wilson cutting into his work last week. I don't want to play Connor, not playing Swift can't really play Pollard Dylan I agree is kind of a question mark like Pierce is maybe the only 6k running back that is viable right so maybe that's why people are looking at the mid-range for the projections and they're like hey 6300 Pierce he's going to get the volume we know it's going to be there for him and that's why uh people are going to go to that but I'd much rather look at Williams I'd much rather look at Singletary at 56 if Keenum is a quarterback Uh, I think Jeff Wilson is viable against Cleveland I think we show as he showed last week Yes, it was a split for Mostert, but really in the second half of that game, it was more Wilson. Yeah. Um, and and we he knows the system, right? And he was the better running back all year long with San Francisco than Mostert was with Miami. So um, I think there's worthy of some considerations for him uh, in that spot. That, that's kind of where I'm at the running back spot. I think Kareem Hunt could be an interesting contrarian play this week. A lot of people will go Chubb, but if they're trailing, you know, Hunt could be the guy that's on the field there more. Um, at 53, but there's there's nothing else for me at the running back position. Nothing at the running back position. It's uh, yeah, I mean, like we're sitting here, uh, 
you know, recording this on Friday and just wondering where the hell the value is going to come. I mean, I, I guess it's going to have to come at wide receiver. Yeah, I think so. Again, I, I depends like you, on what Yeah, I, you said tight end and defense. Okay, but yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm playing around as we're as we're having this conversation. I've got Mahomes and Kelsey in there yeah. as uh, as 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 my uh, my my big spend up there, and Barkley. Yep. Jamal Williams at fifty nine hundred as my second running back. Great. Um, Greg Dulcich as uh, as my flex play mm-hmm. at thirty four hundred. Okay, nice little pay down. Vikings D at twenty two hundred. Yep. All right. You know what that's giving me right now? It's giving me forty seven hundred for three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And if I go with one of like your, I'll tell you what, we go with your baby, Donovan Peoples Jones. Yep. Because he's only forty three hundred. You're looking at forty nine. You're still looking at less than five k per wide receiver. So the so this is how I had initially built my lineup was. Hardman obviously now throws a little bit of a wrinkle in there, but I like Michael Hardman at 45. It gave me a $5,400 wide receiver to sort of fill in uh, to that range. And I felt like you could probably go with Claypool um, as sort of that GPP play. And that's that's the lineup that I had initially built earlier today using Mahomes. Um, So, but again, Hardman now throws a little bit of a a wrench into that plan because if he's out, you know, does Valdez Scantling get the pickup? He's cheaper. He's forty one hundred dollars. Justin Watson had that had that big play last week um, against against them. He is stone cold min three thousand dollars. Right? He had two five targets, two catches for thirty seven yards. But the five targets to me is kind of notable. Uh, so you know, is Kadarius Tony going to be the one to step into that role? People want him to, but he didn't play really at all in that game. Um, you know, so I think there's some interesting spots there. But that's why I think Mahomes is tough tougher the tougher quarterback to fit into your true lineups this week because you mm-hmm. do want to pay up for everybody else it makes more sense to play a middle tier guy like if you're just if you go down from Mahomes and you're playing fields or Tua you're saving twelve hundred fifteen hundred dollars right now now that 5k wide receiver becomes a sixty five hundred dollar wide receiver or something right uh and and you can make that look a little bit more appealing and still keep Kelsey and get some action there. So, um, then what you're, what you're looking to do then for your cash lineups is we're looking at fields and Tua for GPP lineups. We can be looking at Pat Mahomes. Sure. Yeah. I I would agree with that probably. Um, at the top of the wide receivers though, again, we know we don't need to spend a lot of time in on it. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, all of those guys are in really great spots. Mm -hmm. Um, you can go ahead and play them. What are your thoughts on Hopkins here against the Rams? Does that spot worry you at all? I mean, Jalen Ramsey doesn't shadow anymore, and that actually kind of helps it. But if you look at Hopkins' numbers against the Rams over the last couple of games that he's played, not great. Not great? Not great. Um, You know, I think it was like three games ago he had a a really nice outing, but his last two uh, just really weren't, uh, weren't that spectacular. Now, I'm not worried about Kyler Murray's hamstring like Jim Bowden is, and he was going off about how worried he was about Kyler Murray's hamstring yesterday. Um, so I'm not really that concerned about it, but given the track record, given the fact that, I mean, what, Rondell Moore, Robbie Anderson, um, these, are the, these are the secondary wide receivers for this team, Greg Dortch. So it makes sense to – 
you know, if Ramsey's not on DeAndre Hopkins, then at least it makes sense to float the safety over in Hopkins's direction. So it's kind of turning me off from using him. Sure. Uh, definitely, definitely a tough spot uh, as well. Plus, uh, for those who are in the know, uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2 drops this upcoming week. Uh, you could see Kyler Murray just spending a lot of time playing Call of Duty to level up those weapons for uh, for Warzone. Are you, are you familiar with the Kyler Murray Warzone background, uh, Howard? I am not. Uh, Kyler Murray on weeks where there's double XP weekends in Call of Duty is has like yet to win a game. He's like 0-13. Uh, Kyler Murray is a big Call of Duty player. Uh, streams it, does all of these things. So there's like correlations to play when like big Call of Duty events happen that Kyler Murray is uh not very uh doesn't perform very well uh kind of the james harden stripper analogy uh for those who are ah, familiar with that one okay uh, cities right. with good strip clubs james harden has his worst games he's a frequent strip club player uh or attendee attendee rather uh kyler murray is a big call of duty player uh it was one of the reasons why many thought that 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 uh study clause was initially in his contract basically it was like kyler we need you you know watching film here and not playing video games uh, and then they took it out. So uh, Warzone two drops the sixteenth. So uh, you know, dude, that's have... I, you know what? That's fucked up. You know what? That that's fucked up. Like Kyler Murray, like you're a piece of shit. If that's really, if that's the case, if playing the video games is more important to you than your goddamn job, then then you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've got a serious problem. You remember remember Joel Zumaya, the the reliever yes. for the Detroit Tigers? Yep. Fucked up his arm playing uh, Guitar Hero because is that what it was happened? like he was screwing around with the the, the hand movement, the finger movements, and yeah. that was screwing around with his UCL. Crazy. Like yeah. what's like what's wrong with these people? I get it. You want to have a life. You want to do fun things that that you like. But to to sacrifice your job for a video game, mm, yeah, that I'm makes see, it makes me see. hate him even more now. I was trying to see what the actual record was. Uh, but it, it, it is very bad on weekends where they have the double play, double XP weekends as he is like some of his worst, uh, performances and their, and their record is, uh, is pretty bad. So, um, something that's something ancillary to, to just note to watch this weekend. Uh, we'll see how much of an impact it has. If you, you find all that, you find that record, give it to me. So okay. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring that up on the show today Okay. and, uh, and tell Jim, it's not about the hamstring. It's about the fingers. <laughs> He's also apparently not a very good Warzone player either. So, uh, based off based off this article from the Sporting News here, um, yeah. See, good. His, screw you, Kyler Murray, jackass. <laughs> so forget. I'm out on Hopkins he has, he has now. A, so here's some of the, some of the stats on double XP weekends. Uh, his quarterback rating is 89. On non XP weekends, it's 97. Uh, on double XP weekends, his average passing yardage uh, is 245. It is 252 on non XP weekends. There, uh, his completion percentage is just 61 percent on uh, double XP weekends. So basically, he's just spending all of his time staying up and playing video games uh, when he is uh, during during the uh, Call of Duty time. So, anyways, moving on to uh, the mid tier wide receivers, Waddle, we love, of course. Uh-huh. Um, yep. I think Alave continues to play really well. I know you're not a big Andy Dalton guy, but um, maybe Jarvis Landry coming back could help him out a little bit. Just give anybody else uh, for the defenses to focus in on a bit. We, we really like Amari Cooper this week at 65. It's a really good mid-tier price point. 
uh, for him. Uh, Juju, if Miko Harmon is out, I think that only benefits him, and he's just been playing really well uh, in general. Uh, Christian Kirk last week really came up big. We like stacking that game. So uh, I think this 6K and upper 5K range has a lot of viable options here if you can get to them. If you can get to them. I uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think that that is um, a, a great place to be uh, to be sitting. Um, I, I must have uh, – oh, there's my FanDuel page. I want to – I just want to take a look and see where, where my value is going to be um, over on FanDuel in that range. Where, where were you at? Juju was – Juju was 6K. 6K. Juju is 6 – he's 7K over here. He's more expensive than Amon Ross St. Brown, Christian Kirk, Alan Lazard, Deontay Johnson. All those guys are – underneath juju so they've got they've got juju priced up here with Olave and lamb and uh, yeah Cooper lamb is 7k lamb's a thousand dollars more expensive Olave is 68 on DraftKings. he is a little bit more expensive than kirk kirk's 59 juju uh, 6k uh lazard is 61 so he's right above juju on DraftKings. um judy's 57 darno moody big bump for him he's up to 5500 which is kind of why i want to play claypool because you're playing Claypool at the at the Mooney price, right? Like Mooney's been high for four Ks. Now Claypool's forty eight. Mooney's fifty five. I, I think I'd rather take my shot on Claypool at forty eight than Mooney uh, at fifty five. I still love Darnell Mooney in this spot. I think you could certainly stack him with a uh, big play guy there. But I think Claypool ultimately is a better uh, receiver for them. And then once you get past that range, again there there's some guys in the four K that I like. We talked about Donovan Peoples Jones. If Michael Hardman plays, Claypool great. Uh, I like Wandale Robinson at 47. I know Galladay is expected to play this week. I don't really think that's going to take away much from him. I'm curious if Josh Reynolds comes back this week at 46. I'd be willing to give him a go. Uh, you know, but there's not a lot else in this 4K territory that I'm a fan of. It really isn't. I'm telling you, there's, there's, this is, this is an interesting slate. Like this is a slate where I feel like we're going to be just fine in GPP contests and we're going to all struggle in cash um, just because, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're building lineups right now with guys who, you know, they just don't have the high floor. Where do you set up Matt Collins this week? Waller and Renfro on IR. I, yeah, I, I like Matt Collins. I mean, it's not a great matchup no. for him against the, uh, the Colts secondary. But I mean, I, I definitely think it's 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 something that's that's worth exploring. Forty two hundred dollars for Matt Collins. We know the upside that is mm -hmm. in their home, so maybe that benefits. I think maybe also the fact that Indy has a losing high school head coach now as their as their head coach, hiring Jeff Aww, Saturday. Poor Jeff Saturday, man. Uh, how ready are they for this game? You know, uh, also something to to maybe consider here. So. Um, I think Matt Collins at 4,200 could certainly find his way into my lineups this week. I think Matt Collins has definitely the potential of, of sliding into, into my lineups. He might as be well. popular this week. Once we get that roster up, the roster percentage updates heading into Sunday. Um, again, no Waller and no Renfro both place, both place on IR yesterday. So, uh, when we get the Friday update, the Saturday update on the draft percentage forecaster, I'm curious uh, to what we have for uh, Matt Collins here at forty two hundred dollars on DraftKings. Um, I would definitely be very curious about that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, wow. I mean, it's terrible. You're looking down there, like Hollins. 
All right, MVS is a possibility if Hardman is out. Scroll down further, and I mean, really, what is there? There's nothing. Like, we we really need – I mean, I hate to say it. We really need somebody to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Like, um, We I really mean, need like, somebody to get hurt here. Like, do you like Samare Toure, you know, like at 39? You know, right. no, no not, not particularly. Not really, right? But, I mean, he'll be on the field probably if Watkins is out along with Dubs, right? Um, Christian Watson is, is cheap. He's going to play. He's 37, but again, not like our, we don't want green Bay. We don't want really exposure to that game. So, uh, yes, there is not much available, um, at this position here. I thought there, I thought there was maybe a three K guy that I, um, was looking at. Oh yeah. Sky Moore was the dart throw if uh Hardman was out, but still one of 20 lineups, maybe a Sky Moore play, not, not really anything. Uh, too uh too specific for me uh for me there so yeah uh value the the dirt cheap value wide receivers are kind of ugly again maybe philip dorsett uh ha- did have three catches for 69 yards if nico collins is out again we, we don't know what cooks is ever going to play for houston um you, know, you could take a look at dorsett at 36 but that's probably the extent of it for me I don't even know if we can look at dorsett where's Traylon burks Traylon burks is 3k would you take it would you take any interest if Traylon is activated for this week with, with Tannehill at quarterback? Um, no, not particularly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'd have to, we'd have to look and see the way it, uh, the, the, the way it sets up, but no, like, you know, I, I kind of figure that, I mean, you're, you're looking at, at Patrick Sertain. You're just looking at the Denver secondary, sure, which is one of the best in the league. Yeah. I just wonder how much they're going to be caving in on, on Henry. So there could be a lot of one-on-one potential there uh, on the outsides for, for Burks. He's their best receiver, but he's coming off of that foot injury. So who knows how, or is it turf toe he had? Like who knows how ready uh, he'll be to go anyways. All right, let's go to tight end here. Uh, Hawkinson's your top price tight end. Tight end's not great this week outside of Kelsey. Well, Kelsey's your top price tight end. And then Hawkinson. Um, Hawk played a boatload of snaps. We should have listened to Kevin O'Connell if he didn't. He told us he was Hawkinson is going to immediately be involved in their offense. He's going to play a lot of their packages, play like 86% of their offensive snaps. He caught nine passes in that game. Uh, Buffalo is missing some of their secondary pieces. So I think Hawk could, could be in play this week. I know you're not a big Hawkinson fan, but maybe your opinion has now changed that he's in a much better situation in Minnesota potentially for him here. Um, I mean, he's, he's in a better situation, but no, I mean, I'm not really like, I mean, great that, that he was a, a, a focal point, but if, if I'm, you know, paying up a tight end is tough. That's, yep. that's the problem. And I know that he's, he's 5,300 in comparison to 7,800 for Kelsey. I get that, but you're still kind of just rolling the dice with Hawkinson and Ertz and Fryermuth And, you know, and, and I mean, it's like, it, it just the, the tight end position overall has just been, I mean, trash. Uh, in cash games, I'd play Dalton Schultz. I think I've talked about him enough on this podcast. Oh, uh, Jim was Jim was very anti Dalton Schultz, talking about the the snaps and the targets that we've seen for Ferguson and and Hendershot. He has twelve targets and eleven catches over the last two weeks. He's the number one, he's the number one guy target for for uh, Dak Prescott. So, sure, maybe Hendershot and Ferguson are starting to see some increases, but. 
the numbers are not going down for Schultz since he's come back in that lineup, and he's been one of the favorite targets for Dak Prescott this year. So uh, Hendershot and Ferguson looked great when Dalton was out of the lineup. Uh, and in Week 7, they likely eased Schultz back into their rotation after missing uh, missing time in Week 6. So, mm-hmm. um, But, I mean, what was his target share? What was his snap share in Week 8? What was his... Do you have that uh, in front of you by chance? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalton Schultz's snap count. Um, here you go. In week eight, it was 71%, yeah. 55% for Ferguson, 36 for Hendershot. Totally okay um, with 71% of the offensive snap share for Dalton Schultz there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, I have Dalton Schultz in the, uh, in the watch list strictly based off of this matchup. I think that it's a, a great matchup against Green Bay. I think that you know, what we're going to end up seeing because Green Bay's strength is in their corners. It's not in their safeties and it's not in their linebackers. So, you know, Schultz actually does present himself as being a, uh, an option. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, Jim spends the majority of his time focused on the Cowboys. So that's kind of why it just kind of turned me away a little bit. But now that, you know, you're, you're, you're actually breaking down these numbers here. Yeah, you look into it. And here's the thing. Dalton Schultz it's better. Played... It's not great. It's, it's better, though, well, than Dalton I thought. Dalton Schultz has played three full games this year with Dak Prescott, and he's finished with 13.2, 9.9, and 13.4 fantasy points. So yeah. uh, Dak looked in, – and last year he had his breakout year with uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, Michael Gallup hasn't looked great. They really still don't have a number two wide receiver. Uh, it's been Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. So um, I, do, I do like Dalton Schultz a lot. I think he's more of a cash game play. Again, I, I don't know if he's going to give you double touchdowns, you know, that GPP, but uh, if he gives you 10 fantasy points at the tight end position this year, like that's a win. You know, that's one of the top scoring tight ends uh, generally week to week. So um, we're looking at him as being the, so they've got, I'm looking at our ownership, Dulcich at 15.2%, yeah. then Kelsey, then Tunyon, then, uh, then Fryermuth. And then Dalton Schultz is fifth on the list. Yeah, that's it. So, so Tunyon is interesting because, again, they're missing a lot of guys, but I don't really want to play, again, Green oh, Bay. I can't, I can't trust that. Uh, Cole Komet, then in tournaments. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and argue. I know Andrew Cooper tweeted out this morning. Uh, early on in the year, Cole Komet was never pass blocking. He was only running routes when on the field, but they weren't throwing. And now they're throwing more, but he's actually pass blocked on passing plays lately. Um I'd be curious to know how many of those are like RPOs where they keep them in the block because there is a potential for the run and how many routes where he's actually, it's a designed pass play. Does he block on? I, I wish there was a way to, you know, without watching the all 22 to like really break down and, and find that out. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, six targets for Komet last week, two touchdowns, three touchdowns now in, in, in two weeks. Um, you know, against Detroit here, I think it's a GPP play for sure. Um, Dolchich at the same price is going to be far more popular than he should be. Um, but I, I do like some, some Cole Komet there. I mentioned Dawson Knox. I mm-hmm. think there's some interest there. And then one of my favorite tight ends all of last year, Howard, and he kept on getting jobbed was Dan Arnold. And if Evan Ingram doesn't play this week, I might go back to Darren Arnold here for Jacksonville. Uh, against against Kansas City, I, I Darren Arnold is is last year. If you remember, he had the agent with the phone call video that the NFL tweeted out, and his agent was like, uh-huh. "He is not a blocking tight end. He is a pass catching tight end." In Carolina, they traded him to Jacksonville. He was actually productive for Jacksonville in this offense. It was upsetting that they went and got Evan Ingram this year because I thought Darren Arnold was going to be the starting tight end for them. Um, 
if Evan Ingram misses time, you'd be $2,500 Dan Arnold in your lineups this week. Yeah, I would be playing. Give me, give, give me some back tightness, baby. Give me some back tightness what because that would be that would be outstanding. Yeah. That would absolutely be outstanding, especially because what we see as far as the target share in Jacksonville for the tight end. Yeah. Like that's been that's been big. I mean, you're looking at, you know, in the last uh, you know, Engram's back went out on him a little bit and he ended up with only two targets last week, but the week, you know, the four weeks prior to that, you're looking at 29 targets in four games. Yeah. So if if Dan Arnold becomes the guy, or you know, I mean, you, you hope it's it's ahead of Manhurts. No, he'll be ahead. He'll be ahead of Manhurts for sure. I think the other dart throw at tight end, of course, is James Mitchell. Uh, he had two catches, two targets, eight yards, and yeah. a touchdown last week. Again, he's a big guy. He caught a lot of touchdowns in college for Virginia Tech or Virginia, whichever school, one of the Virginia schools uh, that he played at. Uh, I was tilted when Zilstra caught the first touchdown there on the, because it was the exact play that I talked about on the live stream where I thought Mitchell would catch the touchdown. They'd do the hard play action. He would sneak behind the defense and like get the easy toss to for the touchdown there. And then Zilstra, who they brought up from the practice squad, was the one that ran that exact play. Hard play action to Williams. Zilstra snuck behind the linebackers. Wide open for just a lob throw from Goff's touchdown. And then Mitchell got it in later in the game anyways. Um, I, again, they used the fifth-round pick on the kid. I, I, some reports that I was reading, uh, they're kind of high on his athleticism. He was just a pure pass-catching tight end in college. They traded Hawkinson. Uh, I don't I don't have his snap share ahead of me. I don't think he – in front of me. I don't think he played a lot last week, but uh, I do like that he got the red zone look there. So uh, I'll tell you right now, snap counts for the Detroit Lions, tight ends. Um Bit bat boop, twenty one percent for Mitchell, eighty one percent for Brock Wright. Yeah, Brock Wright is is not a pass catching tight end. He's out there to Correct. block, so he definitely would expect that. Um, again, just a dart throw, mm-hmm. you know. But I do like. I was encouraged that when they got into the red zone, they didn't actually look to him. So, uh, and I do think that there will be some scoring done here by Detroit against Chicago's defense. So, could lend that opportunity for him. That was also his first game. Uh, or second game back, I think, from an injury too. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But we'll see. I think you could also. Tight ends. I'm. I'm just. You know. Sorry, Coop, but I'm crossing my fingers for a, for a, a Evan Ingram active uh, this week, so I can. Get yeah, I, I. I would as well. I would as well. And I'll say this though. Also, I mean, if Ingram does play, and Najoku doesn't, Harrison Bryant at 2700 might sure. be uh, worth your while. Was Brian overly involved last week? There he was not. He was he was barely involved last yeah. week. I mean, it was it was crazy when you, I mean he didn't see any. I don't think he saw any targets last week. He did see. He saw seventy four percent of the snaps. Yeah, but he didn't get targeted at all. And you know, neither did Pharaoh Brown for that matter either. They just didn't throw to the tight end at all last. Yeah, week. that's where that's where the Donovan Peoples and you mentioned David Bell obviously, and I, I think that could potentially be interesting. He only had the two catches there, but. Uh, DPJ and Amari Cooper, big time, uh, if David mm-hmm. Njoku uh, doesn't play. All right, let's go to defenses here, and we'll, we'll finish off with the lineups. Uh, I mean, Dallas, Howard, we talk all the time about confusing point spreads, so I need to know your thoughts here. Green Bay Packers only getting four and a half at home against Dallas Cowboys off of a bye. Why? Why is that spread only four and a half? Um, because it's still Green Bay at home. In Lambeau, and there's still a bit of an Aaron Rodgers tax. 
You also have to take into consideration the fact that Dallas's offense really hasn't been humming. It, it hasn't been that dominant offense that I think a lot of people have been looking for, right? I mean, they, they had the big win against the Bears where they put up 49 points. They only 24 against the, the Lions, 17 against the Eagles, 22 against the Rams, 25 against the Commanders. So, you know, I mean, even with Dak back under center, I don't necessarily know if it is, you know, if, if they're expecting it to be, because I think the, the, the game total is only like 42. Yeah. Low, low total. Yeah. Low total. Um, there. I feel so, like that's more green. I know it's, a, so this is where I get confused. Like, or not confused, but like, I just, it looks suspicious to me. It's a low total. It's a, it's a four and a half point spread. So you're, they're expecting this to be a close, low scoring game. I mean, the the first game back for, for Dak, clearly there was some rust there. They won 24-6 because they're a defense. Five sacks, three fumble recoveries, yeah. two interceptions. Last week, four sacks, a fumble recovery, and the offense got better. Obviously, they were put up 49 on Chicago. Aaron Rodgers looked horrible. Like, he's looked horrible. I, I, I'm, I, just, I said on the podcast yesterday, go find yourself an alt line. I think I would take Dallas minus seven. Like, if you can find plus odds on an alt line for Dallas, like giving more points. I, I just don't see how Green Bay is scoring. Yeah, I, just... I would I would definitely agree with that statement because that's another thing that you, you think about when it comes to, you know, Dallas on the road. If your defense is beating the shit out of Aaron Rodgers and company and, you know, Green Bay's biggest, you know, liability is their run defense. So why wouldn't you just give it to Tony Pollard let him keep running the ball. So you're not really, you're not pushing for high point scoring. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're getting the, the touchdowns where you can, but this is more about, this is, I, I think that you're right. I think that there's going to be a disparity here, but I think we're more looking at what it was like against the lions. Right. than it was against the bears. Uh, we are just getting some news here. Benefits of recording uh, live. Sometimes news breaks a uh, Shaq Leonard out for the uh, Colts this weekend. Um, oh Jesus! So I don't know if that Come changes on. your Josh Jacobs' interest at all, but uh, Shaq Leonard uh, out this weekend for the Colts. It does a little. Hey, a player that we didn't talk about, and I'm curious as to your thoughts. Sure. If Josh Allen is out, where are you at with Devin Singletary? Yeah, so I I mentioned him just briefly because he was in that 5K range. I do like it. I think that the fact that. Uh, without with Case Keenum there, I would expect them to run the football a bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that they traded Zach Moss maybe even helps that a bit because you know Naeem Hines isn't a guy that's going to take early down carries. Maybe Cooks could get some of that early down work, but he profiles more against a change of pace and a a uh, a pass catching back. I think Singletary could be in for fifteen to twenty carries with with Keenum under center. So I'm a big fan of him this week. Uh, again, I've been play, I'm playing fifty six hundred. Yeah, I'm playing more Jamal Williams, but pivoting down to Singletary with Keenum could also save you some cash and could have some decent potential there. I just worry about Buffalo scoring, you know, with Keenum there. Keenum's not a bad quarterback, so mm-hmm. he's not like your typical backup. So there is probably some potential for them to still move the football against Minnesota. John, double revenge game narrative. Case yeah. Keenum to Stefan Diggs against the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, they won that game against the Saints, right? Uh, as members of the Vikings together. So 60% of the time, it works every time. Yep. All right. Other defenses here. Uh, Cowboys, we like, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Top top guys there. 
after that, like, where are you, uh, where are you going? I, I've talked about value again. I think that the Vikings are in play. Um, but where do you like find yourself going after that fact? You know, does, do the saints in, on the road against Pittsburgh have any appeal to you at all? Um, you know, kind of, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I was kind of eyeballing the, the Steelers defense at home, just knowing how shaky the fucking saints offense has been with the way they've been going. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it, but I'll tell you what, I, I like the, all right. If, if we're talking about it, so top end Cowboys for sure. I think that's a, a, a solid play there. Yep. Um, I think that if you're looking in the middle tier, I, I, I don't hate Tennessee. Sure. Going up against Denver. We've seen that. I don't hate the bears because I mean, Detroit's offense has just been, trash yeah i wish they didn't give away all of their good defensive players though. i know right yeah me too right <laughs> that's my only <laughs> that's robert my only quinn and roquan smith oh what could have been boys what right. could have been uh the broncos on the road against tennessee it's okay i kind of like if if uh if stafford is out i kind of like the cardinals d yeah I, me- I mentioned that at the top they've been okay <sighs> you know I, I i could get there i i mean I think you could probably get there with Stafford, truthfully. I mean, he's been terrible. They have no yeah. running game. They have one wide receiver to defend. Tampa Bay did not do that last week. They let Cooper <laughs> Cup get a 70-yard touchdown on them. It was the only thing they did all game. Because um, I played a lot of Tampa Tampa Bay, I played pretty much across the board last week as my defense. Um, and they shut them down for the exception of that one touchdown. They finished with eight fantasy points. If they didn't allow that touchdown, 80-yard touchdown, 70-yard touchdown, they would have had like 14. So... Um, I like it. I, I think Arizona's defense is fine, um, especially in this spot here because Rams are just so bad. So it's Vikings, it's Cardinals, uh, it's Cowboys for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't love much else on the board here. I will, I will concur with all of that. Okay, all uh, of that. The lineup I built earlier is kind of the lineup I'm sticking with. It's the one I, I built. But if you wanted to make some pivots there, uh, you certainly can get Fields in there. Or if you wanted to do the um, the Trevor Lawrence reverse stack for that one. Uh, it allows you to get guys in more a little bit more into your lineup. You have Kirk um, in the, in that lineup as well. Give uh, us the lineup. What is it? I'm building. Hold on. I'm editing it because I did the other. I did oh, the all other, right. Well, uh, you, while you edit it, I'll give you the lineups sure. that I built on DraftKings and FanDuel using Pat Mahomes in there with a uh, with a pairing of Travis Kelsey. Sure, go for it. On DraftKings, it's Mahomes, it's Barkley, it's Jamal Williams. Uh, it's uh, this is where it gets crazy. It's Pickens, it's Claypool, it's Peoples Jones. Okay. It's Kelsey at tight end. It's Dulcich as the flex, with your two tight ends, you know, yep. whatever. And the Vikings defense. I absolutely hate this lineup, <laughs> and I will not do. It. I you just I I can't do it. I mean, it's not. I'm sure that there's like good GPP upside here yeah. with Peoples Jones, Claypool, and Pickens, but I, I just I can't I can't go into a into a contest with you know three wide receivers at 5K or under. So just in order to do it, so I need to excuse me, I need to make some adjustments. Yeah, here's my here's my, my Lawrence my Lawrence pivot lineup. It's, Law- uh-huh. it's Lawrence at quarterback, Barkley and Williams still at running back. Still going Donovan Peoples-Jones. Still have Miko Hardman in there. We'll see if he plays or not. Christian Kirk was my upgrade over 
um, over Claypool from that pass lineup when going down from Mahomes to Lawrence. Still have Kelsey, still have Dolchik as the double tight ends. And then I go up from the Vikings defense to the Cowboys defense. So it's Lawrence, Barkley, Williams, Jones, Hardman, Kirk, Kelsey, Dolchik, and the Cowboys defense. It gives me uh, uh, that exposure there. Um, If I wanted to keep the Vikings defense, I could go up from Williams to ATN. Um, so it all depends on your preference there. I just really like Jamal Williams this week. So, no, I hear you. I hear you. Wait, where did you, Mahomes, Barkley, Williams? No, I went Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence Barkley. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. I went from moving down from, moving down from, from QB uh, Mahomes to Lawrence gets you guys up. So uh, I can also play Arizona's defense over the Vikings. I had eight hundred dollars left over. Uh, keeping eight going ATN over uh over Jamal Williams there so okay i uh i played around over on FanDuel as well Patrick Mahomes Saquon Barkley Jeff Wilson i mean Jamal Williams is i mean it's insane 7400 yeah, what's, what's that what's Jeff Wilson price on FanDuel 65 yeah usual so it's it's a $900 savings there Mooney, Peoples-Jones, Jerry Judy, Kelsey, Mac Hollins, and the uh, and the Vikings defense. Yeah. It's not great. Again, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything falls out. You know how, like, you always turn around and you say, I, 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 I don't feel good about having any kind of a lineup without, yeah. you know, so-and-so? I don't feel good having any kind of a lineup here without two or Waddle. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it it comes down to how you want to, what games you want exposure to, right? So, uh, if you want Barkley and, and Kelsey in your lineup, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices at other positions to get there this week. Yeah. So that is our week ten uh, breakdown here. Uh, of course, Howard will have the playbook and watch list out on Saturday. Example live lineups out on Sunday. You can tune into SiriusXM uh, in the morning there, seven to nine for Fancy and Bender. Uh, breaking down everything. And then from 9 to 11, you have myself and James Grande on the Better Sports Network this week, uh, breaking down and answering all of your questions. So we're not leaving you high and dry this weekend. Get in the Discord as well. Get all your questions answered. Dan Malin, uh, absolute rock star during the weekends, answering your questions on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, oh, Howard and I so will be in there in the as Discord. well. Uh, so it'll be a pretty good weekend <laughs> of coverage. Uh, any final thoughts here, Howard? No, no final thoughts. We're gonna uh, we're gonna work on our roster construction for this weekend. It's how I'm gonna spend my uh, my Friday and Saturday after I get you guys the playbook uh, early Saturday afternoon. But yeah, that's about it. righty. we'll catch you guys next week. Good luck.